It's time once again for another episode of Bar Talk Radio, brought to you in part by the United States Bartenders Guild Atlanta Chapter, broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel studios in Atlanta and around the world. And now, please welcome your host, Anthony Porquez. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Bar Talk Radio. I am your host and Atlanta USBG president, Anthony Porquez. We are extremely excited to be here today because this is our very first show ever. Yeah. Woohoo! Yeah. And furthermore, I believe this is the only talk show radio. There we go. Let's get the applause. <laughs> Just to make sure they're listening. Yeah. There you go. There you go. And furthermore, uh, it's even more exciting because I think we're the only chapter in the country who has a talk show radio. Absolutely. Uh, so I think that's really fun to, to be the first to do that, um, especially since we're in a city that's always growing and expanding. And that's why we're really uh, wanting to do this show. Not only do we think it's going to be a fantastic platform to talk about Atlanta food and beverage culture and what's happening in this city and our industry, but we think it'll be a great resource uh, for our current members to have um, new knowledge and new information coming in. We also think it'll be great for our sponsors, providing them a completely new resource to talk to our chapter members in a thoughtful and meaningful way about their brands. And more importantly, it'll be a great resource to introduce people to the USBG and to get new members to come in and tell, tell them and show them what we're all about. Um, that being said, if you do not know what the USBG is, uh, the United States Bartenders Guild is a national nonprofit that is uh, in most major cities across the country. Uh, we are a community of like-minded bartenders who get together on a regular basis. We have monthly meetings to talk about the industry, to talk about what's happening and how to further our careers, and, to, and more importantly, to have a community to have a community of bartenders to come together, to share knowledge, to have fun, and to um, really just... Um, pass ideas. I think pass ideas around. Yeah. yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, everybody, that's Caleb Cribb, who is joining me today. Um, so he's going to be chiming in here, and we'll also have another guest that we'll be talking to as well. But, um, yeah, what, what, this, um, what this show will really do is you know, really provide an outlet for everyone to come together and really talk about the meaningful things that are going on uh, in this city. So truly, truly excited to be here today. Um, that being said, uh, I did want to talk about um, the fact that we are doing a panel discussion on the 22nd of May. This is our May meeting that we are actually opening up to the public. This is an invitation to bartenders of all kinds, whether you're in a dive bar, a sports bar, a club, it doesn't matter what kind of bartender or uh, industry professional you are, we welcome you to come in. We're going to have uh, seven different panelists uh, to talk about uh, what's happening in the bar community in Atlanta and also to talk about career advancement for bartenders. So, um, and some of those people are going to be like Miles McQuarrie from Kimball House in Decatur. We're going to have Richard Tang from Char in Inman Park. We're going to have Paul Calvert from Ticonderoga Club out of Crog Street Market. We're going to have Ian Cox, former USBG president and uh, representative for Infinium Spirits. We're going to have uh, Brian Boykin, cocktail consultant for Diageo. And we're going to have our two guests uh, who are here today on the panel, uh, which is going to be Tiffany Barreri from Avion Tequila. 
and uh, Caleb Cribb out of Diageo, who is also a, a new con- cocktail consultant here as well. How are you guys doing today? <laughs> hey. 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 Good morning. <laughs> a little bit of a rough morning getting oh in my here gosh. this today, huh? Tra- traffic bartenders together. Mm, early. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> yeah, we, we've decided that we're going to do the next show much later <laughs> in the day. Uh, I was telling Anthony that. I felt so good about myself this morning. I woke up early. I got coffee. I was like, man, I can't wait to get this going. And then Atlanta just decided to all come out at the same time. It's it's our fault because we knew before we even started this travel today what was going to happen. But, you know, that's what happens. So unpredictable, but it was was all good. It was worth waking up and... Seeing what Atlanta does before 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so this is what the morning looks like. This is right? what you guys do in the morning. Yeah, Rich, I have a curious question for you. What time were you here this morning to to get all this started to prep? About 7.30, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, cool. um, Thanks. Yeah, but I took Uber, so it's a whole different, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this Lesson idea about learned. traffic, it's a foreign thought to me, yeah, yeah. 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 Lesson <laughs> learned for next time, for sure. For sure, um, but, um, but yeah, we're we're glad to be here. Um, this uh, this is all in love for the USBG to make sure that everybody knows that not only what An- to mirror what Anthony said about um, having the ability to you know to come together as a community and also bring a new component to our chapter to to the people who support our chapters being uh, the brands that you know we see in the meetings every single time, but also to ha- put a voice you know kind of to what we do and you know more of a face to everything. Also, hey, Facebook Live. Um, hey, y'all, hey. Hey, Facebook so, Live. Um, but yeah, uh, this is uh, really, we're just going to sit around today and talk about, you know, kind of who we are, what we do, how we got to where we are, and, uh, you know, kind of give y'all a good idea of what what the meeting on the 22nd is going to be about. Um, I feel like it's going to be a rather important thing. I think everybody in the room kind of gets the feeling already that what we're going to do is... Uh, is going to be something important, not only for our chapter and our members, but for going forward, how we can best represent the city. And as Anthony said, the ability to, you know, show other chapters a new form in, you know, marketing when it comes to our USBG chapters. For sure. Um, there's so many platforms right now to uh, expose yourself, you know, besides mm-hmm. your bar or even, you know, your simple social media. Now we're linked up to some people up to four or five different ways to just expound one drink or one idea or one day. So right. uh, these new kids got it awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they got of, it awesome. And that's kind of what I want to talk about. I kind of want to talk about like what y'all's career has been and, and how is it different from now. So I, I think the first question I really wanted to to just kick this whole thing off is, is like, how did you both get started? And more importantly, when in that in that when you started the bar career, did you decide that this was actually a viable career? That this was mm. something that you wanted to do for a job? Like, not just a job, <laughs> but a career. So wait, t- this is a job? <laughs> wait. <laughs> Hold on, wait, this is a... So, Tiffany, why don't you start off with that? Because uh, I know you both have very different um, different backgrounds, so this is going to be fun to talk about. I think, yeah, I think we both kind of came up wanting to do it. And I think, I don't know if I can speak for Caleb or the both of you, I was asked forever, when are you going to get a real job? Mm-hmm. When are you going to get a real job? And I'm like, damn, I'm making money. Yeah. I don't know. I'm clocking in. Isn't that real? Yeah. Um, but I think I took it to the next level about eight years ago. One Flew South when um, the platform was uh, humongous, working in the busiest airport in the world, mm. one of the best chefs in the world. Mm. Um, my guests were no longer in one demographic. My guests were 
getting on airplanes versus uh, in a car or hitting the corner or hitting the, you know corner bars. So, um, and for those of you who don't know, like working in the airport is like being in the weeds the entire shift. <laughs> it's like uh, I can't All even imagine. Uh, yeah, like, it's nuts, but it also was a great challenge. Um, it gave me a chance to read more and and really. Um, talk more to my guests, get more intimate, because like I said, it wasn't a, a neighborhood bar. It was like, where are you going, Sweden? And I'm like, what? <laughs> what's cool. going what's on there, like? you know? And <laughs> what's going on there? And what are you drinking there? And what's the weather like? So right. it was more getting really close and intimate to my guests. And I was like, wow, this is this is real. So I took work home a lot. I studied a lot just to keep up with the Joneses because mm-hmm. uh, we were the Joneses. So mm-hmm. I'd say about eight years ago, I was like, okay, I think I'm stuck. I, I knew I was in there. I mean, I'm a lush at heart, and I love people. But I, I ate about eight years ago when Flew South. Life changed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Shout mm-hmm. out to Chef Dwayne Nutter, too. Shout out to Chef. Chef Dwayne. Yep, for Chef. The, for those of y'all who don't know, too, about One Flew South, was it 2012, 2013? Uh, 2012. Uh, Shouts out to Toki. Toki hey. Sears. Our girl, Toki Sears. That's my babe. We, um, together, became best airport bar in the world. Mm-hmm. In the world, The world, folks. Craig. The world. Not the, the city, world. not the Southwest. Uh, not Georgia, the world. In the that solar was a, system. In the solar system. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of pressure. Uh, yeah. We didn't know, but you know, it, it all wrapped around hospitality, and that was just the main thing. Sure. You know, the juice was in the glass. The ice was pretty, mm-hmm. but we were touching our guests one by one, taking our time, hugging and high-fiving. And, and I can only imagine what it would take to have quality control and make sure everything <sighs> – and, and when you're constantly – being bombarded like that, you that's have no you have no, you have no ta- downtime. That's true. No. To do prep work, you have no ta- time to catch up. So constant. You got to be. On we the were go. wrecking um, two, three times a day. Wow. And our liquor cabinet was, you know, about three or four gates down the hall. Uh, so wow. it was it, bar back. What was that? We were just <laughs> going nonstop. Right. Yeah, it was crazy. Wow, that was what an experience. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. What about you, Caleb? How did you get started, and, and um, when did you decide that this was going to be an actual career path? Well, okay, so the first bar that I ever actually bartended at was in Valdosta, Georgia, at a place called Vito's Rock and Roll Pizzeria. Woo! And I basically did everything there. I was uh, I was a sound guy. I was a short order cook, and when the bartender didn't show up, I bartended. Uh, at that time, it was pouring shots and cracking beers, mm-hmm. and you know, but. As Tiffany alluded to, it definitely had a lot to do with, oh, dang, I'm making a lot more money than I expected to here. Because before that, I was a, you know, a pizza delivery driver or something like that just yeah. to pay my bills through college. So, um, But where it really took hold, I think, is uh, when I moved to Athens, Georgia, and I started working at Transmetropolitan downtown. And uh, that was kind of like a volume sports bar serving the – hordes and hordes of <laughs> Athens college kids. But and it, it's odd, and I never really thought about it this way, but it's actually very similar because every four years you have a whole new clientele wow. in, in a you know college town. Yeah. So it's just like your day in, day out. You have no idea who's sitting in front of you. Yeah. But before you know it, you have certain people showing back up, mm-hmm. showing back up, and you're like, oh, what's going on? And so you start to really feel that sort of community, and you start to kind of get a grasp on what it means to actually be something to somebody, even if you're just a bartender. So I think that's really where the romantic part of it, I really kind of fell in love with it. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you you really do start to develop a new family and a new friendship and things like that. And especially seeing your staff, the, you know, the amount that you do 
day in and day out, week in, week out, you really do spend more time with them than your family sometimes. So yeah. that becomes your family. Right. Um, from there, I went to, I started at a craft bartending place in Athens called Farm 255, which at the time was one of the best fine dining restaurants there. Made it was the move an awesome to restaurant. Atlanta. That was a really good really restaurant. really liked yes. that place. I was, yes. I was sad when it closed. Um, made the move to Atlanta and um, took a job with a distribution company. And then after the distribution company, ran the esteemed Holman and Finch for a couple years with Mr. Anthony Porquez for, again, those that don't know, Anthony's one heck of a bartender himself. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so we, we kind of ran that bar together for a while. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's kind of led me here. But, you know, they, they say that bartending's the orphan industry. I thought I was going to be a Montessori teacher when I, you know, got out of college. But it things just didn't pan out the right way, and the money dang sure wasn't there. Yeah. And, uh <laughs> Before I know it, I was making more money than most of my teacher friends. And oh, definitely, most all my teacher friends made less money than me. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Right. So I mean, it's it's and that's not the way it should be at all. But I mean, that's but it's it's about perception. Right? Yeah, it's the harsh it truth works. of it. Yeah, yeah. you know it was... that that perception of like get a real job because and all that stuff. Um, so that leads to like the next question: like, how has that perception changed? I mean, we we you know we talked about that. Like, it's the 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 role of the bartender and how it's being looked at is. It's changed a lot in recent years. Um, Tiffany, what, what's your perception on that? It's. I was listening to what Caleb said, and I think we said it here and there. Um, I think the question has popped up. Uh, maybe you're in an interview or someone will say, you know, you're a mixologist, and you go, I'm just a bartender. Mm-hmm. Right. I think about that so often mm-hmm. because we say humbly, I'm just a bartender. No, it's 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 major. Um, we're tending bar. You know, it's a lot mm-hmm. to expand that energy um, to – People think it's the, the worst job ever. You never know who you're dealing with. You know, hangry people come in, thirsty people come in. You know, you're not always dealing with belligerent or ignorant or, or skinny martinis all day. Like margaritas. <laughs> you're, not, you're not dealing with that, but, but you are. Um, I don't know. I, I sit at bars every day, all day, and I look at the kids that I don't know, and I'm sorry to say kids, excuse me, um, but we've been doing it for a while, so I, I'm, I'm feeling a, a little yeah. older, you know? It's not a youngins. We, we, call, we call you youngins. <laughs> It's not an age thing. It's just an experience. It's just thing. an experience thing, yeah. you know. Um, I it, it's more than the it's more than meets the glass. I mm-hmm. say that all the time. You can make me bells and whistles, and then I can talk to you about a little. You know, maybe we can get nerdy, or where mm-hmm. have you traveled, or where else have you drank, or who's your mentor, what book are you reading? And they're like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, not trying to be a big geek about it, but I want to know what book are you reading? Right. Um, we took work home. I mean, I'm passionate about drinking. Yeah. Why wouldn't I be reading about drinking? Absolutely, at all times. And so I, I think um, I think some of it is just kind of handed to them. I think it's um, I think we and even our mentors we look up to kind of left a window to go. Hey, you want to bartend? Watch mm-hmm. me do, and then become something. Right. And how they become something is is unique in their own character. Be it um, you do bells and whistles or flair, or you love bourbon, or you mm-hmm. um, you're the garnish guy, which I think the garnish person is so cool because right. the creativity is nuts mm-hmm. um but there's a platform that we've kind of opened this is considered a real job everything kind of 360 and absolutely uh, we're we're back we're back to where bartending yeah. is a really cool creative scientific piece of work yeah i mean i tell people all the time it's like you know do you really want me to start talking about booze because yeah. if we do we'll, we can go we're, down we're, that gonna route, go, huh? we're gonna get into it yeah and that's why i was saying like this radio show i wasn't really worried about having you two on and, and wondering what to talk about because i know that we talk about this stuff one-on-one all the time all right and we can talk about it all day um so that's that's very true about how that's caleb what do you think about that in terms of how things are changing the perception of the bartender and 
and how that's becoming, um, you know, a different role, perceived, like perceived as a different role? Um, yeah, I, I feel fortunate in a lot of ways that I started out in uh, a volume bar just learning how to serve guests and understanding the hospitality aspect of it first and foremost. Absolutely. And then really starting to understand the intricacies of it. And I, I'm a nerd about this life, so the history of it really is what kind of grasped or grabbed me very quickly. And understanding where these cocktails come from, the first book I ever got into was uh, uh, Vintage and Forgotten Spirits by Dr. Dr. Cocktail Ted Haig. And that was the cocktail book that even at the the bar that had the worst mise en place possible, I could make make something out of it. I could make something out of this. And so once I tasted it, it was like, oh, so this Jack and Coke that I've been serving all day or this, you know, like, you know, vodka Sprite that I've been serving, like, that's one thing, but there's a whole nother world out here. And so when it comes to perception, I think a lot of it has to do with just having that background and being able to come from that background means so much. And again, we, Tiffany and I, when we say, and Anthony, when we say kids, we don't mean this is in an age thing because it's not a classification or a millennial thing. That's not even a conversation that's relevant. It's, uh, it has more to do with, you know, just the experience of life that we've lived. And so when, you know, as far as the perceptions change, what I notice is there's a lot more people coming into this game already in that craft level. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, not that they're missing the hospitality aspect of it, but the fact that they're missing the guest relation. And that, to me, was what the foundational building block was from it. So I think, you know, perception-wise, right. that's, that's one thing that's definitely changed now that, you know, you've got a good craft bar on every corner now. Right. Instead of, you know, 2005, <clears throat> 2006, that wasn't so in Atlanta. Right. And I think this is perfect because it's, it's going to lead into our next topic, which is uh, Atlanta uh, trends and culture. Um, I'm a complete agreement with you. I started off as a volume bartender, was a volume bartender for a really long time before I got into craft. And I can tell you firsthand that uh, it, it made me quicker. It made me more aware. It made me be able to to just manage things. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that you do witness for some bartenders as, who go straight into craft as they start the career is that they, they tend to be a little bit slower and they tend to not move as quickly as they need to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, that's a really good point about uh, how you start up in the game and how that affects your career down the road. But, um, but yeah, so... I know you guys travel a lot. I know you guys have been old Atlantans. What are some of the new trends that you're seeing that are happening now that you didn't see when you were coming up? The kids. There's good and bad. Yeah. I, I and, will... and we want to talk. Let's start, with the, let's start with the bad, and then we'll go into the good. <laughs> I don't even, but you know what? I don't want to call it bad. Yeah. Uh, you, I, I really can't judge it at this point. It's not bad. But I will say I'm seeing an overflow and it's at Crystal's, Wendy's, McDonald's, everywhere. The slushy machine. Uh, the slushy machine is about to, um, I don't know, I won't say saturate the bar. It does take the fun out of it. I mean, yes, it's creative. It's, it's childish. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't want a snow cone full of booze? <laughs> I, I know I do. I know I had a few this weekend. <laughs> what time is it right uh, now? Yeah, it's slushy morning now, but... Um, I think about some of the spirits that we work with, and when we were coming up, it was all about this small batch and you know the creativity behind the story and the bottle and the, and, and the integrity. And right now, I couldn't see 
myself putting my favorite spirit, let's just use a gin for inside of a big slushy machine with sugar and ice and watching that boo spin <laughs> all day like a all hot day. dog on a thing. I'm like, oh my God, that's so much liquor. So I'm thinking about it on a business side, like right. that's a lot of money yeah. in that thing, like yeah. spinning. <laughs> right. But then I also think about, you know, how fun it is and, and how right now I think when we were coming up a couple of years ago, it was all about like what gin do you use for this cocktail? And right. you know, mm-hmm. what what kind of what kind of uh, Mario are you using? We were really nerding ourselves out on the quality of the flavor and right now right. again it's back around just the simplicity and just knocking it down which i do admire but we had to work our tail off to put you know a craft cocktail Absolutely. on the menu we didn't put it in a machine and let it spin so that's my only like whoa like mm. it's not negative it's just um a little batched out and boring right and i and i and this is what i'm starting to see too like because I, I go to a lot of bars as well uh being on the brand side of things and it's, it's what I'm kind of seeing is like what I'm calling fast food craft cocktail. Yeah, mm. you know where a lot of places it's expected that you have fresh juices. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's and some people may even have some really good ice now, but the quality of how that drink is being constructed and how it's being presented to the guests True. is is definitely not the same style as like when we were trained um, coming yeah. up. It felt like we were really technical oriented, very service oriented, and now that's kind of seemed not not that it's gone, but it seems like the focus has kind of shifted. Like like Tiffany was saying, uh, what do you think Agreed. about that? Yeah, I, Caleb. you know, and in a, in a lot of ways, I think that's there's positives and negatives to be gleaned from that from that exact trend, right? Because, like I said, five years ago, it was you taste twenty gins to be able to pick that one thing that matched that cocktail better. Mm-hmm. Now the quality goes down, but there is a certain bit of whimsical nature into what we're doing now, and you really are getting back to the fun of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think in a lot of ways, that's a a really good thing, but it took our generation of bartending to really dive into the quality of, and the craft of what we were doing to be able to get to that whimsical role. Otherwise mm-hmm. we're drinking blue cocktails from an Applebee's or something. Right. You know what I mean? And that's, that's what it Shouts was. Shout out to Applebee's. So, yeah. What up, My Applebee's? first bartending job. Yeah. Was I really? Yeah. I was underage. Was not supposed to be there. Get out of here. Uh, but you told uh, him you knew what you were doing. I, I didn't tell him anything. I was serving tables and they were like, come here. And I was like, mm-mm. So that's why you like, look so good when you shake a cocktail <laughs> shaker. Because those guys on those Applebee commercials are the happiest bartenders on the face of this planet. I swear to God. I loved it. I We, we capped ashtrays then. You know, you had your your lighter and stuff. It was so old school. It was so I amazing. Love it. I amazing. love that Shouts out to Blue Drinks Applebee's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, that was my introduction into flair bartending was uh, TGI Friday. That I was the watch that doing it. I was like, what? You guys are throwing like, drinks off of your suspenders and it's whatnot? St- <laughs> you guys are amazing. <laughs> it's a style that will not go away. TGI Fridays is worldwide, and they still right. do like major, major, major work. So, it's, it's I mean, this, I think this actually leads perfectly in what we're talking it's about, awesome. though, because, like, that whimsical nature is what makes us laugh at this point, you know right, what I mean? Right. And again, it took us going through it. Now, that's not to say that there's not younger bartenders out there exploring their craft. There are. Right. But at the same time, I think in a lot of way, there's a certain component that they've either missed, passed over, or either made not quite as important. Right. And so that trend of to me, I, and this is my nerd showing out again, I think it's the historical context. I think, like, right. put the – know where you are within the spectrum of cocktailing mm-hmm. because that is going to be what carries you as a career. Because right. if you know why you're doing what you're doing, you're going to be very happy doing it. If you're not, it's kind of empty, I feel like. Yeah, it reminds That's me – 
Yeah, it reminds exactly. me of one of my very first bartender mentors who was like, you know, know the rules before you break the rules, mm. right? And so it's sort of like one of those things where, you know, and that's why I think, like, <laughs> especially when I was senior bartender at Holman and Finch with you, I feel pretty entitled to, to, you know, tell people what to do and how to execute things because I was put through the ringer. Mm-hmm. I proudly, I'm proud to say I was like the last person to be fully trained under the Greg Best system at Holman and Finch. And, yeah. and that was a tough training, um, you know, <laughs> to go bar backing after being lead bar at like for how many years uh, to just to work at Holman and Finch, you know. And then you think about people like you talk about Greg and now considering more of the contemporary scene, right? Look at what Bobby in at Anvil Bar is doing in Houston. Like, if you've never looked at their training program, go look and see what their training program looks like. It's unbelievable. I don't know that any of us could pass that right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, and what we talk about for Greg being Greg as the godfather of our cocktail scene, in a lot of ways, like we look at that as still being in a lofty position, for and sure. it is for this town. For so. Sure, he's a hometown hero. I mean, I know when I started coming on. When I got into craft bar like that and, you know, Jerry Slater and I were getting together and I'm doing my research and I would get around Greg like, whoa, you know, this is beyond a palette and just making some fun. This is back to eight years ago. This is a job. This right. is a real job. And we need yep. to know what yeah. we're talking about. We're not just going to sling some drinks. I mean, we're going to sling it, but we're going to talk about it and we're going to educate and we're going to we're going to coach him. Drinking coach. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> drinking coach plug, right here. Plug, drinking coach. All the way around. <laughs> way around. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, so I, I mean, need a fun nickname. Tiffany, help me you out. Need I need yeah, it. you do. <laughs> you do need a fun nickname. We'll work that out. Well, you were affectionately known dad at, at the bar. Yeah, you're, Uncle you're Dad. Uncle, right. yeah. Whoa. I was Uncle Whoa. Tony and you're I was your like, well, I, I was the mentor in the... <laughs> Never mind. We Uncle can talk da- about yeah, that. We'll that just, that just goes da- to show you guys. Like, not, I'm from the when south. you work insane hours in the bar industry and late nights, you become very close to your coworkers. Yeah. So. <laughs> Thank you for making that sound more diplomatic. Yeah, I mean, you, <laughs> you definitely become a family, and 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 that's why you know we we here, we at the USBG we we really like to promote that togetherness because we are like a weird secret society. You know, we we work late hours, we work on weekends. There's very few people that have our schedules, which affects our lives and our relationships. Yeah. So. It's nice to have that community to talk about those things because we are such a kind of a specialized group of people. Um, so we, we're running uh, to the last few minutes here. I wanted to give the opportunity for you guys to kind of, you know, give little plugs about what events you might be doing or talk about some of the, the things that are coming up in the future. Um, so uh, I know Caleb has some things coming up. Do you want to, like, talk about any events that you might be doing? Sure. Uh, well, the first thing, if anybody uh, wants to show up on Tuesday – I'm sorry, on Wednesday of this week, uh, that would be Wednesday the 10th, um, I have a happy hour going on with the uh, brand ambassador from Blade and Bow. We'll be at Holman and Finch having a happy hour between 5 and 6.30 if people want to show up and hang out, grab some cocktails, talk to the brand ambassador, ask him all the nerdy questions that you should be asking him, Uh, get to know your brands, get to know what it is that's in the bottle, Uh, but also, you know, decide whether or not you like the juice. I mean, I think that's the most important part to anybody's drinking habits or culture or, you know, what they like. So that's the first thing. The second thing is uh, we have a ex- uh, relatively exclusive Johnny Walker blending lab on the 15th at Mac McGee. Uh, we're going to cap the seating at 24 on that. So first come, first serve. Uh, it's basically going to be a deconstruction of a blended scotch whiskey taught by a really, really knowledgeable scotch professional named Alistair Menzies. He's out of Colorado. He's fantastic. And um, and that all leads up to on the 22nd of May. That's a Monday at 2 p.m. Going to be at Wrecking Bar. Uh, the seminar that we're kind of teasing here today uh, where we'll have the full panel. 
we'll dive way deeper into these discussions and, um, you know, we'll, we'll focus a lot more on personal branding and, you know, how social media plays a component in that and uh, how the community of, you know, how important it is to be a part of the USBG because at the end of the day, the USBG, though some people may not see what value it really does hold. I mean, the two people in this room, I wouldn't be half as close to out as I am now if it weren't for that USBG, and that goes along with all the other bartenders that we've mentioned today, Greg, Toki, Paul, like Miles, like all of these people, you know, uh, in a lot, in one way, shape or form was introduced from the USBG, Julian, like all these people around, they, you know, they somehow impacted that scene. So, you know, I think that's important that you show up for it. Yeah, that'd be great. It's it's open to the public. And then we'll have um, an event later on that night at Establishment. That's right. We're going to do a charity event, which both of you guys are bartending for. Shaking uh, it up. Yeah. Do you guys know what you're making yet? No. No? Okay. I'm making something with tequila. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise, surprise. I'll do something brown spirits. I'll do something with agave spirits, I'm sure. Do you guys know what charities you're representing? Yet? You know, I haven't decided yet. Either. There's so yeah. many, so many ways I want to give away right now. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't, but it'll be, it'll be amazing. Okay, that's cool. fantastic. And uh, also from the, uh, the just so you guys know, today uh, we have uh, an event tonight at uh, Truman's Tavern. Uh, we have a Taco Tequila Combat with Luna Azul. So that is going to be the finals. So please go out there and see that. That'll be a fun event later on tonight. I believe it starts at six. So if you're looking for something to do tonight, we definitely have that. But um, again, guys, really happy to have all you guys on uh, listening to us on our very first show. If you would like to follow us, uh, you can reach out to me or the board personally at Atlanta at USBG.org. Or our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handle is USBG Atlanta. So if you want to follow us on that, uh, we do put a lot of stuff on our Facebook page, a lot of events, a lot of things that are happening. So even if you aren't in the industry and you're just wondering, hey, what's something fun to do tonight? You could probably go to our page and see all the fun stuff that we do as a chapter. So, um, But thank you guys so much. I want to thank Caleb Cribb and Stephanie Brary for being here and braving the traffic. Uh, You guys, if you can, please come out the 22nd. We would love to have you. Um, And if... It's, it's going to be a fantastic event. So uh, thank you so much, guys, and we re- really appreciate y'all being with us. Thank you again for joining us and our guests on Bar Talk Radio. Woo. Use the social media links here to share today's show and stay tuned for the next episode of Bar Talk Radio, brought to you in part by United States Bartenders Guild Atlanta Chapter. Connect on Facebook at Atlanta USBG Chapter. Do you guys think that went well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, for a first show, though, I think that went well. I didn't too much, I don't think. Maybe when I'm listening again, I'll be like, uh, uh, uh. Far back. Far back.